Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Hello again, everyone. Glad you can join us for the Team Engagement Podcast. As always, I'm excited to welcome our guest. This is an old friend of mine, actually. This is Seth Saunders. He is the president of Zion Health Share out of St. George, Utah. Seth, always good to chat with you, my friend. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us on the podcast. First of all, what would you like the audience to know about Zion HealthShare? Well, um, first of all, it's great to, to connect with you again, Sean. Um, have fond memories of our time together and sharing an office. So um, good stuff. And I love what you do with your podcast. That's for sure. In regards to, to Zion HealthShare, basically we're a health sharing community, which means we're an alternative to, to traditional insurance. Um, we provide the facilitation of sharing of medical costs for individuals that um, really helps bring down, we kind of take out the middleman. So we, we bring down the cost. And so they pay a membership due. They, um, you know, they look at, we look at all of the different expenses they may have, put those into what we call sharing request. And it's just, it's such a feel good type of organization because we know that this is a community of like-minded individuals. They care about one another um, they they kind of believe in that philosophy of I'm my brother's keeper, uh, and that's a such a great great way to build a business and find success. I would also say that being a newer health share, so health share has been around since the 1980s and really started based on Christian principles. Uh, Zion started in 2019, and um, we've seen an incredible amount of growth. In fact, probably within the next you know few days, maybe a week or so, we will hit the 50,000 member mark which is just wow. a, an incredible milestone. So yeah, it's it's super exciting. I love being a part of, of Zion and being able to join the team. We really try and focus on a couple of principles of, of inclusivity, really trying to be inclusive, um, transparent, especially with healthcare. It, transparency, I think, is one of the negatives, right? We don't know what we're getting charged for, who's doing what, do I have to go to this specific person? And so we really try and be transparent. And we also try and keep it as simple as possible. And in today's healthcare environment, it's it's such a a needed, um, you know, relief for individuals if they know that they are, they've got a partner, a teammate when it comes to their health care. So that's just a little bit about Zion HealthShare. Oh, that's great. Congratulations on your success after just a few years. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Love it. All right. Well, let's uh, jump to our questions. And our first question, the question that I ask of all the guests here for this season is, as you've been involved with Zion HealthShare and, and maybe in another setting, is there a challenge that you've overcome that you're especially proud of? Yeah, um, this is such a, a great question, and, and I hope you don't mind, but I've, I've stolen this for interview questions. Um, it, it's that kind of question. Um, so mine is fairly recent, and it goes back just a few months ago. Um, our our youngest son was getting ready to, to go away and, and um, actually serve a church mission. So he started that on a Monday. Um, on Wednesday, I got let go from my job. And on Friday morning, as I was driving in to clear out my office, we got a text saying we needed to be out of our home by the end of the month. This was in March. And so it, um, or we needed to be out of our home by May. So we had about two months. So here it is, a transition of our son getting ready to leave, which means my wife and I would become empty nesters. So I was looking for a job. Um, we were looking for a place to live not knowing if we needed to be local. And it was one of the chicken and the eggs. Do I look for a job and then we find a location or do we just pray and go to a location and hopefully find a job? 
Right. So there was a lot of mixed feelings. And honestly, it was very um, interesting time of vulnerability as a professional and as a as a human. Um, I was down on myself. Um, I was, uh, you, you could say, the borderline of depression, anxiety, uh, calling into question a lot of who I was. And I realized just the number of people that were watching, some I knew about, some I didn't on how kind of I was handling this transition in my life, uh, not knowing until later on and having some of them reach out. But it was a hard, hard time in our lives. And it really kind of made me think about my priorities. Um, and what did I want to almost what kind of legacy did I want to leave through this experience? I could have very easily thrown in the towel and just said, you know what, um, I will just we'll figure something out. I don't care. I'm down. But that wasn't who I am. I've never been that way, and nor is my wife. And so good things happen to people that make good things happen in their lives, meaning it, you can't just sit back just because you're a good person. You can't just sit back and wait for it. You still got to take some action. So I was through my actions, an incredible opportunity came um, to, to be able to join Zion HealthShare. And so from basically March to May 31st, uh, job loss, son left. Um, I had a health scare inside of the hat. Uh, we had to move. We were actually taking a trip to Prague to go mentor about 50 students in that time frame. All of that happened. This job came. We had to relocate, which means we left our two married sons up in the, the northern part of Utah. We came down to a place where we didn't have friends built in. It was a brand new job, a new industry. And I look back at these last six months and just kind of say, wow. Um, and what did I learn? Leadership. I've had some incredible conversations with my boys about how do you handle these kinds of situations when you still have to balance income with mental stability, with spiritual stability, with taking care of a spouse and a family. So I'm pretty proud. I don't want to say I'm prideful, but I'm pretty proud about where we are right now um, in regards to um, any one of those could have set, I think, an individual or somebody off. Having them all happen at once was was quite oh, the challenge. Well, that's impressive. I'm really impressed, Seth, because yeah, that's a lot to take on. And like you say, all at once. Wow, <laughs> that that's overwhelming just to hear about it. <laughs> not, not having <laughs> experience. Right. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I know that's it's a little more of a personal story, but thank you for yeah. sharing it. I'm, I'm confident that that will inspire some of our viewers and listeners to really think carefully about. Hey, what challenges come along and how do we overcome them? Because that's the whole point of the question. So love yep. it. Thanks. Well, uh, question number two, Seth, as a leader, how do you help the team or the employees to have kind of that culture of creativity? Um, I think the first and most important thing is you have to define creativity as a leader. What does creativity mean to you? Um, because you can ask 10 people and get 14 answers. That's right. just one of those words that's out there. Uh, and being able to define that as a leader of this is what I mean when I mean creative, whether it's we need to be creative in finding a solution to grow. We need to make up expenses. How are we going to be creative in doing that? Um, we need to motivate the team. What are some creative ways we can do that? As a leader, you need to understand what the, the creativity is that you're looking for and then make sure that you're on the same page with those you lead conversation, dialogue, uh, two-way communication. Because again, it's very easy to throw out the word creativity 
and you your team walks away, they spend hours in closed doors meetings becoming creative and they present something to you and you look at it and you're like, what a waste of time. That's not what so, we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the probably, and I would say it's probably one of the most important things to do because everything else follows. Like I said, if you define it, you clearly understand it, then you can actually start to cultivate what it is that you feel creativity is within your specific work. I love that because that is, it is one of those words that if it's not clearly defined, everybody comes in with a different view, different perspective, and that's not a bad thing, but as a leader, you're absolutely right. You do have to define that and make sure it's really clear. Love that. Love that. All right. Well, kind of question number three, continuing again in the role of a leader, how can a leader help the employees to trust each other? Oh, that's super easy. <laughs> yeah, you just, right. you just okay. tell them to. I can't you wait to hear the answer. To. <laughs> um, first of all, it's lead by example. Um, it is lead by example. One of the things we're doing actually um, is we are as a leadership team. We're we're implementing a, this book called Radical Candor. Um, I don't know if you've had a, a chance to to read it, but it's it's an amazing. There's some amazing principles that are taught there, and the reason. The reason we came to a, an agreement as a leadership team that we wanted to really dive in and, and work on this is because of a lack of trust. And we felt like being able to remember the old school of Jim Collins, good to great, being brutally honest. Um, although that still is important, our times have changed where, you know, being brutally honest doesn't necessarily always, re, re, you know, the return is not as good as it may be used to be. Um and so this radical candor, our ability to really teach our leaders what it means to trust, because trust is when you have trust, you can be honest. Um, and when you have trust and you have honesty, it's really, really hard to fail. It's really, really hard to fail. Um, I, the, one of the quotes, I wrote it down because I want it in radical candor. It says, um, radical candor gets measured not at the speaker's mouth, but at the listener's ear. That's what we're trying to establish here. And I've always said to my teams that trust is truly built um, when you hear it from your ears, but you lose trust through your mouth. So there's just such an important component. So that's one of the biggest things right now is, is understanding the, the give and take between listening and talking. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that balance between listening and talking and also that uh, that uh, blending, if you will, yeah, of yeah. honesty and and being able to trust because they do they go together and if you have good honesty then you can trust and if you've got the trust then you're honest and you know how to do it in a respectful way great answers love that all right question number four <clears throat> excuse me now once in a while in, in life and, and it happens to all of us uh we have what we might call a perceived failure but can you share an example of maybe a perceived failure that you turned into a win? Yeah, um, I actually wrote a blog post about this and I called um, failure should be mouthwash. And the reason why I say that is mouthwash is there's such a great purpose. The purpose is you put it in your mouth, you wash it around to kill the germs, right? And then you spit it out. You don't swallow it. That's the same thing with failure. Great you need analogy. to absorb failure, move it around, let it kind of do what it needs to do but then spit it out. Like you have to move on. Um, I remember I, I walked away from the highest paying job that I'd ever had based on personal values. Um, I did not have a plan. We didn't have savings and all that, but I remember driving home and the roller coaster of emotions because I had to tell my family um, that 
I had to walk away. And um, so that happened. And I'll just never forget the, the feeling, the low in my life I felt. But then just this internal clock saying, you can offer something. And so I decided to start my own little consulting gig, you know, and you're there right now and you've been there and, and experienced that. And um, I had a couple of contacts that I was able to reach out to. I was able to get a couple of projects that really helped about a six to nine month runway with our finances. That led to us making the decision to, to leave and move across country to Utah without a job, without a place to live. We put all of our stuff in storage with three young boys, knocked on my sister's door and said, hey. And she's like, what are you doing here? We're like, hey, we just need a place to live. That's all. <laughs> and so um, we lived in her basement for a little bit. And, and I look back and it's been almost exactly 10 years to the day of us leaving. And I would not trade any of that because I have been able to find so many levels of success because, and again, I say it's failure only because of the world's definition of success, money, title, all of this stuff. But it was a personal failure because I made the decision to join that company and probably should have done more due diligence, whatever you want to say. But as a father, as a patriarch, you want to provide. So not being able to provide is failure. Um, but I look now and I just I couldn't change it. I've been able to have just conversations. My boys were very bitter. I didn't know this until two years ago. They were very mad about this situation because they didn't understand the power of personal values. We've had some really open, honest conversations. And now they realize and said, we are so grateful you've taught us that. And so that to me is a win. I love that. And I, again, similar to the first question, appreciate your your honesty, openness, vulnerability, all of those things, because yeah, it's difficult. And I really appreciate you emphasizing the importance of sticking to our core values, because that really does make a difference. It's hard to stick mm -hmm. to what you believe in, but it's important. So thank you for sharing that. All right, our last question, kind of a fun question. Tell us a little bit about the first job that you had. Well, I've thought about that uh, many times because people ask, what was your first job? And this is going to be hard to believe, but I guess in a way I was a legal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, now, what do I mean? This was, um, I worked for a pharmacy when I was 16 where I delivered people their prescriptions to their homes. Um, how, why? I have no idea because nowadays that just probably wouldn't fly much. Right. But it, um, I look back at what I learned and, and I, you know, I've thought about this trust and accountability, right? They had to trust me as a, as a young 16 year old that I wasn't going to do anything stupid, that I was going to represent them. Well, um, I had to learn not to judge others, meaning I had all types of prescriptions, I knew what some of them were for and what they weren't for. Even early on in mental health years ago, I could have maybe judged people based on what it is that I was delivering. Um, but I, I just learned that's not who I was. I was there to help them, not to judge them. Um, being punctual was obviously very important because I had to go right after school and be there by three o'clock so I could have all my deliveries done by six o'clock. I mean, it was, I had to learn that. Um, this will be a great one. I had to learn how to navigate with an actual map. <laughs> like you remember like the days of a1 f2 oh here it is so um and learn how to pull over and not try and do it while i drove um yeah. important safety tip yeah to get to the right location um and finally it, this was a fun one that took me a little bit longer than it should have but patience 
oftentimes I was delivering medicines to older people. And I found myself knocking and knocking and ringing and ringing. Some of them just did not have the ability to move that quickly. Wheelchair, you know, walkers, canes, whatever it was. I had to learn to be patient. And I, I'll never forget the times where a sweet older person would open the door slowly. I'd give them their medicine and how grateful they were. And they'd give me a small tip. And they're like, you always care. And you're never in a rush. I would start to hear that. And I just appreciated that. And I realized, hmm, that's something I learned early on in my life. I wish I would always be more patient, but um, it's definitely something that that first job taught me. I love that. It's such a, that's a heartwarming story. It, it, I won't go into great detail, but my first job was as a, as a paper boy. And yeah. so some of what you're, you're describing is similar to what I experienced. I, I had a few elderly people on my paper route and there would be times I'd need to knock on the door, not just drop off the paper, but have a communication and you do have to kind of be patient. And uh, so when you we were describing your stories, that was taking me back to my younger days when I did that. But this has been great, Seth. I really appreciate you jumping on and, and sharing your experiences and your insights and whatnot. How can people find you? Um, let me say one thing first. I, I have to say our time together back in 2017, I learned so much from you in such a short period of time. One of the things I learned is that um, what I could define as compassion leadership. Um, you had the ability to really open up and and care about everything that we did. And you had a lot of other responsibilities outside of that profession, professional world, um, which just garnered so much respect. So I, I, I thank you for that. That's huge. Oh, thank you. That's kind of example. I really appreciate that, Seth. You're a very, very you nice bet. guy. <laughs> um, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Seth Saunders. I also have a leadership blog called The Hero Within You, the letter U.com. So, The Hero Within You, the letter U.com. Um, I'm going to be starting to really update that more and more. I've had a lot of requests from people. I haven't done it for a while just because of all the things going on, but people have been requesting that I start posting again. So, I look forward to doing that. Fantastic. Glad you're doing that. That's a good thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again to everybody for tuning in every week and checking out the podcast, whether it's the video version or the audio version. We appreciate you paying attention to us and uh, joining in the, uh, the desire to make teams and leadership better in all regards. So thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.